At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Betting Across America is live on VEASAN and VEASAN.com. You are spending part of your holiday weekend with us, and hey, we really appreciate the time. I'm Adam Candy in Las Vegas. James Salinas is in Denver, Colorado. A little bit of breaking news, and I'm not unexpected breaking news, but breaking nonetheless. Yahoo Sports is reporting Giannis Antetokounmpo officially has been ruled out for tonight's Game 6. James, you've been saying all morning that you didn't believe that he was going to play uh, and we now see that uh, the line really hasn't moved a whole lot. Uh, Hawks two still two seventeen. I think the Hawk, that number was built thinking that he wasn't going to play, but it's sitting there not knowing what's going to happen with Trey Young. And is he going to play? And if he does, how effective is he going to be uh, with his bone bruise in his foot? Uh, it, we just don't know. And I think that's where for betting this side and or total, we talked about the prop market getting involved there. I think for me, that's the better way to get involved and or in game. Once we see if Trey Young is available, then how effective is he based on his his injury status? Uh, so Giannis officially here out as we get ready for uh, later tonight. little other piece of NBA news. Patrick Beverly has been suspended one game for that shove of Chris Paul at the end of the Clippers and Suns game. So uh, factor that into your handicap for game one of the regular season next year for uh, the Clippers. If Patrick Beverly is back with them. Uh, not much else to say about that. 
Uh, James, we said before, Josh Gordon going to be reinstated more than likely uh, in the NFL. It's been a few years since he was truly effective. What do you think about Josh Gordon and his potential to potentially uh, help a franchise? His talent, obviously he's got an immense talent, and it, as far as his speed, his ability to, to catch the football, it's always been there. It's just the personal demons he's got to deal with when it comes to substance abuse. And can you trust him to be able to remain and stay on your team? Can he stay clean as opposed to staying healthy? Can he stay clean? I mean, it's unfortunate situation for Gordon because he is such a talented player. But, you know, he hasn't – I don't think he's played more than six games in a season just once. I think it's one more since 2013. So just one time as he played more than six games, I just don't think that that's somebody you can trust to be able to play a full 16 or, in this case, now a 17-game season in the National Football League, not because he's not capable of being able to perform on the field. It's how does he handle himself off the field? And I know there's talk about right now he's got a great support system, and, and that's fine. You can seclude yourself in the offseason, but what happens when you get back around the boys, you get back out on the team, you're back out traveling again? We don't know what the trigger points are for Josh Gordon. Really unfortunate situation for him. Hopefully for him personally, he is able to overcome whatever the, the, those issues are for him and get past the substance abuse, and he can get back on the field, but would he make a difference for me as far as looking at a team and being able to say, I favor this team now, betting win totals, anything like that, if Josh Gordon is on that roster, would have no impact for me because I just don't know if he can be able to sustain his sobriety and, and make it through a full season. Yeah, and it might sound harsh in some ways, but it's true. I mean, you can't really factor it in too much. Even a guy with the talent um, that Josh Gordon has is probably going to be a, a, someone who is at best a number three or number four receiver for most teams. Last time we saw him uh, in Seattle, it really wasn't anything earth-shattering uh, from Josh Gordon. The uh, the game going on right now between the Yankees and the Mets, no score as we head to the bottom of the third inning. Jordan Montgomery has been flirting with danger but has been able to strike his way out of some trouble. Uh, three hits, five strikeouts for Montgomery. On the other side, Taiwan Walker hasn't allowed a hit through a pair. Yankees went off at minus 149. Uh, Mets are plus 139 pregame total. Eight and a half on that one. Um, I'm going to spend a little time talking about the NFC East here momentarily. Uh, but James, the Cowboys are going to be the hard knocks team. Um, we have every stat that you could possibly want here from VEASAN. Uh, teams that have been featured on hard knocks have a 472 winning percentage. They are 129, 131, and six pushes against the spread. Uh, they are 7, 8, and 1 to go over their season win total. So uh, hold on to that thought for just a minute as we look at Jerry Jones and company being on hard knocks for the third time uh, coming up. And just in general, I feel like we haven't gotten quite as much fun out of hard knocks uh, lately as we have in other seasons. Uh, Betting Across America is live here from VEASAN and VEASAN.com, Adam Candy and James Salinas. Cowboys are going to be featured on Hard Knocks. Uh, I, I do feel confident, though, James, that getting this Cowboys team, which is favored to win the NFC East at plus 115 on Hard Knocks, uh, they do always tend to give you at least a little bit of a little interest when it comes to the Cowboys, especially with Dak Prescott coming back. 
Jerry Jones is definitely going to be excited to get back in front of a camera and a microphone when it comes to HBO and Hard Knocks. But, you know, the players got to perform on the field. And I think if you're talking about Hard Knocks and, I don't know, is Mike McCarthy uh, that engaging of a coach to to put out there? Is that going to be musty TV, seeing some of the, the inside, the inner workings of Coach McCarthy and his staff? Not really sure. I'd, I don't put much stock into what we see out of Hard Knocks. I think players now, they're so used to being, whether it's social media, instant access to, to to information all the time and uh, all these other social media outlets that these folks have. I think they're, they're so used to being in front of the camera and I don't know if they're going to be as candid. You talked about maybe the last few years not as interesting when it comes to what we see on Hard Knocks and probably more so the players just being aware of when they are and are not on camera and not wanting to do anything to put themselves, whether it's individually in a bad light or their team in a bad light or put up bulletin board material for any of their opponents coming up to the season. So, yeah, as far as who's on Hard Knocks, doesn't have any impact on how I'm going to uh, how I'm going to approach handicapping the NFL season. Let's talk nuts and bolts about this Cowboys team. Nine and a half is the win total. Uh, pieced it together as best they could at quarterback last year. Dak Prescott comes back, hopefully healthy. They are plus 115 to win the division. They're 40 to one to win the Super Bowl. They have a total of nine and a half on the wins. We know that this division is likely to be the weakest overall division in football once again, uh, do you agree with the Cowboys being the favorite and uh, fairly prohibitive? I do not. I do not like the Cowboys to be able to win this division. I think the schedule sets up pretty nicely. It's a, it's starting off the season. It's going to be a challenge. They're the opener at Tampa defending champions. Tough spot to go back into. Uh, welcome back Dak Prescott to 2021 and having to face that front of it, that, that defensive front from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I think as the season progresses, hopefully, like you said, Dak is fully healthy and be able to pick up where he left off because when he, before he got hurt, that offense was slinging the football around. There's plenty of targets to throw the ball to for Dak Prescott and they were having he was having a tremendous season before his injury uh, but they needed that because on the defensive side they couldn't stop anybody in particular in the passing game behind them I don't know what we've seen out of Dallas to be able to to boost that secondary I think that's the the biggest key for me is Dallas defensively linebacker position is a big question mark as well. Can they stay healthy for one? And are they going to be good in coverage? Because I, th I think you're going to be able to throw the football against this Cowboys team. I think we're going to see plenty of exciting games with the Cowboys. If you like scoring, that's what we're going to see week in and week out for the Cowboys. They're going to be able to throw the football, put points on the board, but I think their opponents will be able to do the same. Yeah, if Dallas is going to win games this year, James, there are going to be a lot of 40 to 34 kind of scores uh, because – they didn't take any significant steps to fix the defense. I mean, they, they watched the cornerbacks that they wanted go right in front of them in the draft and weren't able to fill the positions the way that they hoped they might be able to ultimately. Um, you know, nine and a half feels aggressive uh, on this Dallas Cowboys team in large part because uh, I think Washington is the best team in the division. The Giants, whether you like the Giants or not, they're going to be improved from last year and uh, really there's no way for the arrow to point on the Eagles but up you'd like to think uh, given how bad it got last year but let's go to the team that I think we both have the strongest feelings for in this division with Washington um, we saw that front seven become a force last year for the WFT they still managed to make the playoffs uh, thanks to 
Nate Sudfeld and the craziness that happened on that Sunday night game for the Philadelphia Eagles. But now you add Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback and you add Curtis Samuel in the receiving core to Terry McLaurin. Um, Let's start here. They are plus 250 to win the division. To me, when I look at teams that are not the current favorites to win their division, Washington is the one all across the NFL that jumps out to me the most. It does to me as well. Now the schedule will be more challenging because they are going to have to that play that first place schedule will Washington. But I think thinking about the just thinking about the culture of the team now talk about a, a franchise in complete dysfunction over the last well since uh, there was ownership change back what two decades ago and took a hefty fine the other day. I think it was a $10 million fine because of that dysfunction, not on the field, but what was going going on off the field in the front office. And that definitely can have an impact when you when you have a lack of leadership. Uh, that's going to, to find its way down from the front office, down into the players, and talking about accountability or lack of accountability that we've seen over the course of a number of years for the Washington football team. Ron Rivera going in there last year, it wasn't going to be about the X's and O's. It was about having to come in and set a whole new standard of expectation when it comes to accountability, when it comes to professionalism, the expectation of what it looks like to be a professional football player day in and day out. And I think Rivera did a sensational job last year of really being able, especially what he was dealing with off the field with his health situation, to be able to go in there and lead that team through all the dysfunction and really change the mindset of those players. And, And offensively, we saw the challenges that they had with Alex Smith and good for Alex Smith to be able to come back from his devastating injuries a couple of years back. I think everybody was rooting for Alex Smith to come back out onto the field and be able to perform, and he performed admirably, but we know what we're going to get out of Alex Smith. It's going to be somebody that is constantly checking down and throwing short of the sticks, That is not what Fitzpatrick is. Fitzpatrick is going to be a gunslinger. He's done that everywhere he's gone. He's not afraid to take chances. And I think here that's going to, you mentioned some of the talent at the wideout position for Washington. Now you're actually going to have a quarterback that is not afraid to take chances and sling it down the field. What is that going to look like for those young fellas? I think there's going to be a lot of optimism. should be much more optimism for Washington offensively. And the thing with Fitzpatrick, Adam, is he's not going to have to go out there and get into shootouts and go win the game with his arm each and every game because that Washington football team's defense in particular, that front four, to me, that's the best front four in football as far as being able to get after the quarterback consistently across that front line. Each, uh, It's just a tremendous defensive line. They've drafted highly each and every, you know, the last handful of years, and they've drafted correctly. They've got some great talent up front, and that really, that's going to help that defense is going to win games for them. It's going to put shorter fields for Fitz, Fitzpatrick and that offense to be able to score on. I do. I think the season win total sitting at eight. I like the over with that, even though their schedule is going to be a challenge from the first place perspective of last year where they sat in the standings, but also the culture shift has already been there. The groundwork has been done by Coach Rivera. Now you've got a quarterback that, yeah, it's Fitzpatrick. He's, he's going to throw his share of interceptions, but I just love the fact that he is going to go out there and take some chances and and they can afford to do that because that defense will help pick them up when they do turn the football over. Uh, James, there is such a clear distinction for this Washington team before and after the bye. They, this Washington team pretty much has to survive to the bye. And then you look at what's coming after that. All right. In week 10, you have the Buccaneers. And then at Carolina, you get the Seahawks at home on Monday night. 
at the Raiders, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. They just have to make it through the Tampa Bay game. And this team is going to be, I would say, likely either favored or no worse than a field goal underdog uh, throughout the rest of the season, unless the Cowboys turn out to be much more of a juggernaut than we think they're going to be. And uh, Washington has all the pieces in place to be a surprise team in the NFC this year. Um, Might be overvaluing the defense a little bit, but you and I both think, uh, led by Chase Young and Montez Sweat, what they do up front is really outstanding and being able to get after the quarterback in a division where – Dak Prescott's the one you worry about, and then you got Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts, and let's just say you don't worry about them quite as much. Speaking of Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, their total is at seven. Uh, James, I'm a Giants fan. I watch this team as closely as anyone. The fact that their win total is one away from Washington is ludicrous to me. Um, This team played some defense in spots last year with the secondary, and they've upgraded it. Uh, you're going to have Bradbury and Logan Ryan, now Dory Jackson, and they're going to be able to to do some good things in the secondary. But again, I, I can't look at a Daniel Jones-led team without saying, show it to me, and think that this team could clear a win total of seven. I mean, you're talking about eight and nine for the Giants to, to win that, and I do not see it, uh, especially because there are some games in here that don't line up very well for them just based on, okay, well, last year, uh, you know, opponent win percentage, it sets us up to have to play certain teams. All right, so now they have, like, games like at Chicago, at the Chargers, at the Dolphins are really difficult games for this Giants team that went 6-10 and 10 last year. And I, we talked about the coaching uh, and the change of culture that needed to happen in Washington with Coach Ron Rivera. I think the same thing, not to the extent as dysfunction that the Washington football team franchise was in when Rivera had to come in and take over last year. Uh, but in a sense, the the change in culture there for the Giants and Joe Judge coming over as a coach. And we heard that early in the season before games actually started, some public tongue lashings about yeah, maybe the lack of focus, lack of energy, lack of preparation for those Giants players coming to practice and, you know, drop and give me 20 kind of thing. But, you know, that team has responded. And I think that's where, at least on the defensive side, like you mentioned, yes, yeah, some free agency moves in the secondary if Jackson can come back fully healthy, it was really banged up all season long, was a Dory Jackson. But like where they're at in the secondary, like the defensive front as well, but it's the offensive side. It's, and talked about Daniel Jones, and yeah, they've upgraded the receiver position for opportunities for him to make some plays down the field. And Saquon Barkley coming back off his ACL injury, and hopefully he's fully healthy. But it starts with me at the offensive line. And the offensive line is, it, to me, it's the worst off, It's one of the worst offensive line in football, and it's definitely the worst offensive line within that division in the NFC East and how much pressure does that really put on Daniel Jones because now you thinking about how the offense is going to be structured there with Jason Garrett calling the plays you know pretty much first and second down are going to be let's pound the football into the middle all right Daniel Jones third and seven we need you to bail us out and throw it beyond the sticks uh, with this suspect offensive line and some of that pass rush that you're going to see with the number of those teams that the Giants are going to play I think that's the challenge there for Daniel Jones this is his year to have to really step up and show that he is going to be the leader of that offense and and take over offensively as the quarterback position that they drafted him for a couple of years back. 
I just don't know if I trust that to for him to make good decisions under duress because he is going to be under pressure on third down quite a bit because I think it, there's going to be a lot of third and long situations for Daniel Jones to have to face. And Yeah, he's got plenty of talent to throw the football to, but with that offensive line up front, I think it's going to be a challenge all season long. I agree with you here. Looking at that season win total, just one game underneath the Washington football team, make mine Washington over and make mine the Giants under. And you're getting under seven at plus 115. Um, again, there aren't a lot of plus money ones that are that attractive, but that would be one to me. Even the addition of Kenny Galladay on that offense, you talk about those third and sevens for Daniel Jones. I think it's unfair to say that he can't do it. He's going to complete a pass. The problem is you don't know to which team. Uh, so that's the problem for Daniel Jones in that spot. We don't know what we're going to get from the Eagles from Jalen Hurts. Uh, will Jalen Hurts be the starting quarterback? We think so. Um, are they really going to put Joe Flacco out there in week one uh, in Philadelphia? I don't think so. Six and a half the win total, five to one to win the division for this Philadelphia team. Um, do you think Jalen Hurts gives this team a chance to win uh, week in, week out? Much better than Flacco does be able to get out there because here's another uh, young player. They need to see what they have, right? This is where the, the Eagles clearly in rebuild mode, complete changeover of the coaching staff now and a lot of unproven coaches having to come in and take over this Philadelphia Eagles team from a leadership perspective and a lot of times I'll look to fade against these new coaches coming in as a rookie coach head coach because it's not just about the X's and O's from your time as a coordinator or even a position coach now being given these types of responsibilities and it's a lot to have to get through and process as the season progresses maybe you start to get better I'm not going to say that this coaching staff for Philly uh, is going to be able is going to struggle all season long, give them a benefit of the doubt. But ultimately, early in the season, I'm looking to bet against these rookie head coaches. And in this case here, yeah, I think you're going to need to see a lot out of Hurts because it's the defensive side that is the biggest concern for me for the Eagles, in particular, in particular that secondary. Did they do anything to help upgrade themselves in that secondary? And I don't think so. I mean, that was the issue all season long last year. They couldn't cover anybody. They couldn't cover on the back end. And I don't know what they've done, if anything, at all to be able to say, yep, well, we've we've adjusted that. We're going to be better outside of making changes at the coaching position. I think you're going to see another. Uh, this is going to be another. We talked about the Dallas secondary and a lot of shootouts with Dak Prescott putting up a lot of points on the board. That's what Jalen Hurts is going to have to do for the Philadelphia Eagles because there are going to be plenty of points to be had for their for opposing offenses going against that secondary for the Philadelphia Eagles all season long. Uh, without question. Uh, and it's very strange to think of this Philadelphia team defensively and have those kinds of questions because that's been so much the identity uh, over the last 15 years, especially uh, you know, back to the Andy Reid days and through a lot of the Doug Peterson days as well. But uh, it's just very difficult to look at this team and see a path to success, especially when you see that the NFC East has the unenviable task of being paired with the AFC West this year. All of these teams have to play the Chiefs, they all have to play an improved Broncos team. They all have to play uh, a Chargers team that I know is a darling of a lot of people uh, in this AFC West as well. So a lot to, to ask of not only the Philadelphia Eagles, but a lot of these teams in the East to beat the numbers. James and I like Washington to the over and not much else on those win totals. More when we come back in just a moment here on Betting Across America.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Betting across America, live here from Las Vegas and Denver, Colorado, Adam Candy and James Salinas. Uh, James, getting back to the NFC East, we've got some rushing totals on the running backs here that, uh, at first blush, none of them look too unachievable, but let's talk specifically about what we think about Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, Miles Sanders, and Antonio Gibson. Um Barkley, the highest at 1175 and a half. Zeke at 1100. Miles Sanders and Antonio Gibson both at 1000. Anything in particular interesting to you there? I think a couple of them. Let's talk about Barkley. 11, basically, 12, let's just call it 1200, right? 1175. And we talked about the offensive line woes for the New York Giants. And that just makes it that much more difficult for Barkley to have to achieve something like that, where, yeah, I think he'll get plenty of carries on first down and probably second down from Jason Garrett, pounding it into the middle of the line. Now we know Barkley is coming back off of injury. So hopefully he's fully healthy and he's a tremendous athlete. So I suspect he will be, but running behind that offensive line and yeah there's some speed out on the outside for the giants that we that they've upgraded but 
with with Daniel Jones having to be the one to throw the football? I don't know. Does that scare you down the field? I would say first looking at Barkley under and then the other side looking at Elliott. I don't know if Ezekiel Elliott was fully healthy last year. He just didn't look the same. He didn't have that same burst. I, I, I think there was some there was some kind of nagging injury, if not injuries for Elliott. And then once Dak Prescott goes out of the out of the game, no threat of a passing game with the Red Raider coming in. So I think here maybe it's Elliott to go over over his yardage sitting at 1100 uh, just thinking about the passing game the the strength of the team being in the passing game there have to keep honest out on those second that that back seven uh, in particular the safeties have to be leery of the speed on the outside to stretch the field through the passing game I think there'll be plenty of running lanes for Ezekiel Elliott to take advantage of if he's fully healthy because I suspect he was hurt last year that's probably the one where I'd look to say that's the over is Elliott to go over 1100 yards and one of the biggest things we talked about consistently with that Dallas team last year, James, is that the offensive line wasn't healthy either. Uh, you know, we, yeah. you're, at one point you were down to one starter on that offensive line. And you look at this Dallas team and the fact that they're going to have to outscore people and realize that that is going to work some weeks. Um, and you might have Zeke Elliott in there trying to protect some leads. So he's going to get the opportunities. And that's the reason that I don't like a lot of overs for these running backs in this division is I think they're going to be trailing a lot. Uh, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of teams that have to go away from the run uh, fairly early on in games. And so even, you know, Saquon Barkley, you see that 1175. And I think you think to yourself, well, that's not unachievable in a 17 game season. But realize the way they want to use Saquon Barkley is catching the ball. Uh, it's not going to be a lot of handoffs to Saquon Barkley as the uh, as the offense develops there. It's going to be a lot more of trying to get him out in space and find matchups as opposed to pounding him into the middle of the line. And, and look, maybe I, uh, I as a Giants fan, maybe I'm saying that and hoping to speak it into existence so that Jason Garrett does not pound him into the middle of the line over and over again. But I don't see it with Barkley. Miles Sanders, uh, look, you have a running threat quarterback. Uh, you have a running threat quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think they're going to use him as a runner as much as they uh, give the ball to anybody in the backfield. And, again, I don't think the Eagles are going to be protecting a lot of leads. I don't think they're going to be handing the ball off a whole lot. Antonio Gibson could be interesting. Um, but, again, I'm not 100% sure he's going to end up with all of the carries there because you do have McKissick and some other guys in that backfield that potentially could take carries away. And it's an offense that probably is going to throw the ball a little bit more than it has in the past. Now that you add in Ryan Fitzpatrick, now that you add in Curtis Samuel and hopefully have a fully healthy Terry McLaurin and get to see what he can do with a full compliment uh, in front of and to the side of him because Again, uh, this Washington football team certainly has opportunities. And keep in mind also, as you look at rushing totals, just remember this is a league that is moving away from not only bell cow backs who get 25 carries a game, but anybody getting 25 carries a game. You have teams that aren't getting 25 carries a game total. Uh, it's a passing league. They're using short pass uh, to replace a lot of these runs. And so uh, something to consider when you look at any of the rushing totals throughout the NFL for people not named Derrick Henry. Uh, more when we come back. We'll get away from the NFC East. Talk a little bit of, uh, you want this one? You want that one? With NBA bets for later on this evening, of course, with Milwaukee and Atlanta squaring off. This is Beeson's Betting Across America, live from the South Point in Las Vegas and Denver, Colorado, on the Sports Betting Network.
baseball season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com slash MLB and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now's the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the baseball betting opportunities this season at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. With James Salinas in Denver, Adam Candy here in Las Vegas on Betting Across America from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. Our man, JJ, always comes up with the fun ones for us, uh, James. Either, neither, or both. A uh, couple of bets here, and we're going to list out uh, one bet versus the other. Do you like both of them? Do you, don't want, do you not like either? Or do you think that uh, maybe one of these will be something that you jump in on? Let's get to the first one here. Drew Holiday to have three or more three-pointers at plus 110, or Chris Middleton to have 10-plus rebounds at plus 125. So a couple of bets from tonight's game between the Bucks and the Hawks. We know that Giannis Antetokounmpo has been ruled out of Game 6, so all the props you're looking at, you can assume increased usage for both Holiday and Chris Middleton, both of them at some short uh, dog prices. I think that's the problem for me to want to get involved and say, yeah, I like either is it's too short for me. I think about Drew Holiday here and not, he has not been shooting the ball well from deep throughout the not only this series, but throughout the playoffs. I think that's the you know, he's shooting just the tick under 30 percent collectively from outside. And I don't think that's where his game is going to lie tonight with, again, Giannis being out of the game. We're probably going to see, I would suspect you should, considering how well they played offensively without him in game five, the fact that they just continue to attack, attack, attack the basket, getting into the paint. We know that Portis, both Portis and Brooke Lopez had tremendous games scoring the ball inside, but a lot of that was through the facilitation of Drew Holiday getting, beating, I mean, beating Lou Williams off the bounce and even if Trey Young's in, you know, he's not a defender and he's going to have, he's going to be hampered with his injury. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for Holiday to be able to get into the paint. Now, what do they do defensively uh, to be able to cut his off his driving lanes? But he's not going to be out there settling for three-point shots. So looking at the Drew Holiday to to go over that three-point shot, he's not shooting the ball very well for one, Adam. And then also the other side, I don't think that's where the shots are going to come from for Holiday. So if anything, if I'm going to be looking between the two, it probably would be Chris Middleton as far as the rebounds go. But, you know, those are going to have to be defensive rebounds. He's not going to be one that's hitting the glass offensively. They've got enough size inside do the Bucks that they'll that's where they'll be able to take advantage with Lopez and probably Portis hitting the hitting the glass. So I think it's probably going to be a neither for me. But if I'm going to choose between either, it's going to be it's definitely going to be the the Middleton rebounds way before I start trusting Drew Holiday to make down three-plus more three-point shots in that game. I look at it this way. Uh, the, the Middleton prop is an alt prop here, right, because it is one where it's eight-and-a-half in a lot of places. It is nine-and-a-half essentially on this one if you're going to say, does he get more than ten rebounds? Um, I don't play – alt overs. I'll play alt unders uh, because sometimes you're looking at a situation where I think a number is really far too overvalued. Um, we did this with the Porzingis rebound prop where, you know, we were hanging seven and a half throughout the playoffs. I'd gladly played uh, under six and a half on some of them. I was happy to take the seven and a half as it was, but uh, I'm not going to go out there and take that. I'll go neither on these two. Clint Capella 
or John Collins to have a double-double. Clint Capella minus 110, John Collins minus 125 for the Atlanta Hawks. Either, neither, or both. Definitely not both. Thinking about Capella, I don't want anything to do with Capella being able to score tonight, especially if Trey Young is out. His points come with Trey Young getting in, you know, getting around that ball screen, getting around that free throw line area, pulling out one of the interior bigs to have to come guard him, and that's where Capella feasts off those sweet lobs that he gets from Trey Young, putting up there for an easy finish. Because Capella is not one; they're not going to play through the post through Capella. He's also not going to be one that puts the ball on the deck to be able to score. His points are going to come off of Trey Young, those lobs, like I just talked about, as well as any kind of putbacks off the offensive glass. And Capella is not a good free throw shooter. So to say he's going to get a double-double, number one, he's got to be able to get to 10 points. And I don't see that happening without Trey Young on the on the court. And even if Trey Young does play tonight, we just don't know how effective he's going to be. I'm going to look at the John Collins side. Now, as far as him being able to score, I think that's going to happen. He's going to get in double figures. He's going to have opportunities because he is one of the few Hawks players that can in a sense, create his own shot, a mid-range game for for partially, but he can shoot the ball from from deep on occasion, but the mid-range game is where he's going to live, as well as hitting the glass here, too. But Collins can create his own shot as opposed to Capella, who it, nothing filters or facilitates through him offensively off the, with the ball in his hands through the offense. So I think here, uh, probably neither for me, but if I'm going to go to one, it's definitely going to be Collins, because I think he's going to have to be, as well as the rest of that Hawks interior, that front line, they're going to have to play tighter to the paint tonight considering yeah no Giannis tonight for sure but if it's the same game plan which it should be from the Bucks from game five that carries over to game six and the the uh, you know their their concentrated effort to continue to get open looks or get good looks should I say inside the paint with Lopez Portis etc it comes where you're going to have to be tighter with that front line and and that is Collins as well so more opportunities for Collins closer to the basket on the defensive side to be able to hit the glass I think that's probably where I'd go I'd go Collins before I go Capella for sure I'm a hundred percent with you I'm not excited about playing minus 125 so my answer directly to the question will be neither um but just look at the field goal attempts from last game john collins took 16 shots against milwaukee in game five clink capella took three um and that's even talking about getting offensive rebound opportunities if he's not going directly up with offensive rebounds then he's getting nothing without trey young because as you said it's pick and roll and other opportunities with trey young that gives clink capella that opportunity that chance in the first place uh Collins, I think, gets there on the points uh, fairly unquestionably. I, I don't know how I feel about the rebounds just based on the fact that uh, I don't know what the pace of this game is ultimately going to look like because I don't know if Trey Young is going to be in. It uh, changes quite a lot uh, in terms of the way this goes, of course. To, to reiterate, uh, Giannis is out officially. He was listed as doubtful. Uh, the line has not moved at all. It is parked at Hawks minus two, which suggests that, uh, as we've talked about, the absence of Giannis was baked into the original line, or at least the original move that we saw in this game, because open pick in some places, open Hawks one uh, in some places, settled in at two. There are some two and a halfs out there as well. Total hasn't moved either. Uh, total is sitting right where we thought it was going to be at 217. Trey Young, of course, a game time decision for the Hawks. When we return, updating you on Major League Baseball. Uh, finally, one of the New York teams has scored in the Subway Series and has a big threat going here as we come back on Betting Across America.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. $1 wager into $100 on the Hawks or Bucks with BetMGM. Just use bonus code VSIN100 when you sign up for the King of Sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to betmgm.com for more details and make sure to use promo code VSIN100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1 800 Gambler in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1 800 Bets Off in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line 800 89 9789. In Indiana, call 1 800 9 with it. Promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Let's bring it home here on Begging Across America on your Independence Day weekend. I'm Adam Candy at the South Point Sportsbook in Las Vegas. James Salinas is in Denver, Colorado, as we update you on what's going on in Major League Baseball. Not a lot happening here at the moment, unless you are a Mets fan. And there you see where in the fifth inning, with a threat still going, the Mets have broken through. Infield single by Dom Smith puts them up one to nothing. Bases loaded, one out. Starter Jordan Montgomery has been knocked out. 
for the New York Yankees. Uh, he really struggled today, uh, did give up six hits and is responsible for the runners on base. Lucas Lutke comes in for the uh, New York Yankees. On the other side, I don't believe in jinxes, so I just say it out loud. Taiwan Walker has a no-hitter through four. Uh, wouldn't be surprising to see him continue that righty on righty with the way this New York Yankees lineup does uh, tend to perform. Yankees are minus 149 pregame, Mets plus 139, total of eight and a half. Uh, this ball is dunked into center field for a base hit for the Mets, and that will, I believe, put them up two to nothing on that McCann single as the Yankees are under threat here uh, in the top of the fifth inning. As that gets us talking about the New York Mets, James, uh, one other question that our producer, JJ, wanted us to answer was looking at the two MVP favorites, which is wild that we're talking about two guys who pitch, uh, even though one of them also hits. Shohei Otani and Jacob deGrom as your MVP favorites. We mentioned Otani earlier and talked about that race. Minus 160 on Shohei Otani after he hits two home runs last night. He now has 30 on the season here in early July. Uh, Jacob deGrom on the other side is plus 115. He and Fernando Tatis Jr. are out there on the NL side. Otani is joined by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. plus 145 on the AL side. Which of these two guys do you think will potentially fall off and not win the award? Oh, boy, fall off. I don't I, I mean, I, I don't think either. Can we go back to either, neither, or both? I say <laughs> neither. I love both of these guys. I mean, DeGrom, best pitcher in baseball, most dominant pitcher in baseball. And and can he win the MVP as well? I think so. I mean, he's the best player to me. He's probably the best. It's hard to say he's the best player, considering what we're seeing out of Otani. But as far as his dominance for DeGrom on the mound, absolutely. I don't want to say that, no, he's going to fall off. He's only, uh, it's hopefully his shoulder. I know he's had a, a one stint on the injured list, missed a couple starts, uh, but, you know, and had some shoulder tightness, something like that, a couple weeks back. But uh, aside from that, as long as he's healthy the second half of the season, I can't see him falling off. He's just such a talent. But then, then the other side, the Otani, you know, we talk about in baseball, Adam, we talk about five tool players. Can we call Otani a six tool player and add pitching acumen to it? Because I think we should. He's the only, nobody else can do what he does uh, because he can do, we talk about the five tool out there on the field. He does all of that. And, and, not only hitting for power and, and hitting the way that he does, yeah, maybe the average isn't there, but that's kind of how he's built to hit, even though maybe he's not the most prototypical two hitter, even though he does have a really good eye and does and is, shows some patience at the plate. I don't know if he's really going to move runners over, but as far as his ability to, to have a good eye and swing a good pitches and then drive the baseball the way that he does, sensational hitter at the plate, and then has that tool of speed, which is kind of, it kind of is, it is definitely a lost art in the game of Major League baseball today uh, it is not to get him on get him over get him in to go steal bases manufacture runs but he is capable of doing that Otani is getting on base like he did last night ninth inning was able to steal a base get in scoring position come home on a single and win the game for the Angels and then what's going to happen with Otani when Mike Trout gets back, he has been gone off. The, he's been on the injured list since mid-May has Mike Trout, and that was who was hitting behind Otani as some protection there. And he's been doing so much of this now over the last, what, six weeks or so without Trout. Eventually, Trout will come back and be healthy into that Angels lineup, get back into his three spot and hit behind Otani. So even better, juicier pitches for Otani to hit. To me, I, I, I don't know if I can't say not because I like both of these players, really special players and so much fun to watch. 
watch. So sorry, JJ. I got to go back to either, neither, or both. I'm going to say neither. I love both of these guys. I think they're both clear-cut favorites, and the price says that, that they're both going to win the MVP, definitely in the AL for Otani, and maybe most likely DeGrom, Cy Young, and MVP is the best player in the National League is Jacob DeGrom. Back in that Mets and Yankees game, uh, James, I think you know this, the mound is 60 feet and 6 inches from the plate. Uh, Lucas Lukey just threw a curveball, roughly 57 of those feet. Spikes one to the backstop, and the Mets get a wild pitch run. They're up 3 to nothing now over the New York Yankees in the top of the fifth. These runs, if you have Jordan Montgomery, uh, have been charged to Montgomery. Um, to answer the question here about Otani versus DeGrom, I think the, mo the one most likely to not win the award is Jacob DeGrom, and it's less about him in particular and more about the fact that Otani, in a poker sense, has more outs. Um, Otani doesn't have to pitch another inning this year to be the MVP. Uh, Otani's on a pace to hit better than 50 home runs. If Shohei Otani hits 50 home runs and they stopped him pitching right now, and said, yeah, well, you still have 50-plus uh, innings with 80-plus strikeouts, that still is additive enough on Shohei Otani where you say, yeah, I think that's going to be plenty uh, for him to win it. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. obviously is up there uh, as well, but then you go back to Jacob deGrom and you say just what you said. Does he have the health? Uh, there have been a number of small injuries, the flexor tendon, the lat, um, shoulder for DeGrom. Again, none of these have been enough to keep him out for more than a start or two, but when you look at someone who is pumping 100-mile-an-hour fastballs as regularly as Jacob deGrom, you say to yourself that uh, as much of an athletic freak as he is, it is not guaranteed that he can continue to do that with health. And so when you look at Fernando Tostis Jr. and the fact that he's going to be right there alongside Jacob deGrom, I would think that uh, Otani has the clearer path to win the award. But again, um, I've been the one pushing Jacob deGrom as, as an MVP candidate uh, since before the season. And the fact that people were going to get bored just voting him as the Cy Young. And he goes out there this year and, uh, you know, the ERA is still sub one for Jacob deGrom. And the Mets end up finishing that inning, by the way, with a three to nothing lead over the New York Yankees, who will just be one game over 500 if they don't come back here today. Uh, James, before we let people go, 8.30 p.m. Eastern start tonight, Bucks and Hawks. Let's just recap everything we know and everything we uh, have talked about here with this game. 3-2 uh, lead from Milwaukee in the series. They're two-point underdogs tonight without Giannis in Atlanta. 217 the total. Trey Young is a game-time decision. Milwaukee minus 400. The Hawks plus 310 on the series price. Uh, now that you know Giannis is out for sure, does that change any of how you handicapped this game or had you built that in right from the beginning? I think that definitely the number was built in sitting at two in favor of the Hawks, and maybe that's sitting there too with the assumption that Trey Young is going to play. I'm not going to get involved with the side or the total until it's going to be in-game play for me if I bet this game at all, Adam. When Trey Young, if he is out there on the court, what does he look like when he's on the court? Now, if he's not on the court, and we've seen it, we saw it in game five for the Bucks without Giannis, and it was going to be a concerted effort to attack the rim. What does that look like for Atlanta without Trey Young out on there on the court? And we saw we've seen that 
for a couple games now when he went down uh, in that the back last Sunday when he rolled that ankle and bruised his bone in his foot here. I think for the Hawks, you're going to be at home. And yeah, I just something about this Bucks team, Adam, just it's not something that I trust that the, they just have this killer instinct about them. If that was the case, they would have done that in game four and taken a stranglehold on the series at three to one. That's when Giannis was on the floor. He didn't get hurt until the second half of that game, and we saw no effort in or intensity out of that Bucks team. And that's indicative of kind of what we've seen out of the Bucks. It's great game, one game, couple games later, they they're complete no shows. I'm not saying that the Bucks are a no show tonight, but right now with that mentality, no Giannis on the court, can they duplicate from Game Five what they did and go on the road in Game Six? I say no. It's not a team I want to trust right now at a, a short price plus two, I don't want anything to do with the Bucks. So for me, it's going to be the Hawks or nothing. Certainly understandable. I think in games by far a better way to, to go about this tonight because not just because of the absence of the stars, but because of the fact that there were so many things that went right for the Bucks in game five that don't look repeatable. Getting the kind of performances you got out of Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez do not feel like the kind of things that you're going to get multiple games in a row, especially if the Hawks have the ability to adjust at all uh, to what happened in that game. A uh, quick update from the Rocket Mortgage Classic on the PGA Tour in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Troy Merritt has pulled into the lead at 12 under. He is being chased by a pack at uh, 11 under one shot back. That includes Joaquin Neiman, who was the betting favorite coming into this day at four to one. Uh, Max Homa is at 10 under for the tournament, one under for the day. Max Homa was nine to one uh, to win the tournament after closing out very strongly yesterday. Uh, good day for Ricky Fowler out there on the uh, course as well. He goes four under to get to nine. Um, Basically, everybody not named Adam Candy and James Salinas is at nine under in this tournament right now. It is a large, large group chasing the pack. For James in Denver, Adam here in Las Vegas. Hope you have a fantastic holiday weekend. Get some relaxation. Get some hot dogs. Hopefully for you, less than 73 and a half. Joey Chestnut can take care of that part for you. Betting Across America is presented by VEASAN and VEASAN.com on the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.